have been born at any time in history, and the Most High Yahuwah chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel, and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare but was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the spirit of truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream revelation line by line study. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. And uh, if this is your first time here, just stumbling across, hey, welcome. Uh, we do these every Friday at 8 p.m. Central Standard. So uh, I uh, welcome you to come back. For those of you that are returning, hey, welcome back. Uh, it is the best day of the week, Shabbat, what we look forward to every single week, uh, which again, uh, the Shabbat is a sign between Yahuwah and us to let him know that we are his. So um, this week in part 11, uh, we're going to be talking a lot more in depth about the Locust Army. We talked about it last week and we talked about it quite a bit, but there's even more to this. And uh, I didn't want to just drop that in your lap and then just keep moving on because I didn't realize until really studying this out, I didn't realize how big and how important understanding the identity of the Locust Army uh, before we move on to the rest of the chapters, especially uh, as we get into uh, chapter 14 uh, with 144,000 and um, as we go further into that. So uh, with that being said, again, hey, Shabbat Shalom to you. Uh, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to uh, we're going to pray. We're going to do the uh, Aaronic Blessing blow the shofar in anticipation for that great shofar blast, um, which will actually be hearing quite a bit tonight as we go over the study. And we're going to get right into it because we have a lot to cover. And um, yeah, so let's bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you uh, in your word's name, Yahusha HaMashiach. And uh, we thank you so much for him, Abba. We thank you for the sacrifice, that uh, the offering that he made for us. And uh, by his blood, we are reconciled back to you. And we praise you for also opening our eyes to the majesty of your, your commandments, your Torahs, your statutes, um, your way of life. And we just pray that you continue to cultivate in our heart an understanding and the ability to walk these out uh, as you have uh, commanded us to do. So 
Thank you for the opportunity that we may be able to study like this together, Abba. And uh, we just praise you in Yahusha's mighty, mighty name. Amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters. So let's um, actually we'll do the uh, we'll do the ironic blessing and uh, we'll do the shofar and we'll get right into it. So, Yevarechecha Yahweh Veresh Merecha Yaer Yahweh Panav Elecha Vichnuneka Yese Yahweh Panav Elecha Veyashem Lecha Shalom. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Numbers 6.24. So now for the great shofar blast. Well, no, this isn't the great shofar blast. This is just a couple shofar blasts again in anticipation for that great shofar blast that uh, I think we're all waiting for, which will be sweetness to our ears and it'll be a terrible noise uh, to the nations of the earth. So... Yahusha, come, come Adonai Yahusha. Okay, let's get right into it, and uh, we got a lot to cover. So what we're going to do first is we are going to read Revelation chapter 9, and we'll be reading out of the Sefer version. And uh, a lot of the cross-references tonight will be looking at uh, some of the KJV, some of the Septuagint. Uh, and, uh, you know, when conducting this study, I want you all to know that I do reference many versions of Scripture. Um, I think a good Berean in these last days um, doesn't just focus on one translation, but multiple uh, to get a full depth of it, because I don't think there's any English translation that's perfect. So... Anyways, with that being said, let's get into it. Enough from me. Let's go to the scriptures. Revelation 9, 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of Yahweh in their foreheads. And you can see here, it's got a uh, connection here to Ezekiel 9, which we will be reading here shortly. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. And in those days men shall seek death, but shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wing was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And you can see here, uh, we've got a connection here to Joel chapter 1 and chapter 2, which we'll be reading uh, both those chapters here in actually just a moment. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Ivrit tongue is Abaddon, but in the Yavani tongue, his name is Apollyon. So, 
a lot to unpack here. And some of this will be review from last week, but a lot of this uh, will be actually going over a lot more material than we didn't than than what we didn't go over last week. Um, again, I was ready to move on, but um, you know, through more study and prayer, realizing that this is a very big topic and we need to slow down and talk about this quite a bit more. And so that's going to be the focus of today. Uh, a lot of you had questions uh, because essentially, at the end of the day, what I'm proposing here is. Um, at least just giving uh, giving you the scripture for you to ponder, meditate, take to Yahuwah in prayer, and let him show you, let the Ruach that's in you, that's the, the spirit that's in you, um, uh, to show whether this is uh, the right direction or not. So at the end of the day, uh, what I'm proposing is that most of us are taught that Satan falls from heaven, he's given the key to the pit, he opens the pit, his great army comes out, and he's going around tormenting people. Um, what I'm proposing here is that's not the case at all. While it may seem on the surface uh, that that may be what it is, we have to dig into the Tanakh uh, for this because we know that just about everything in Revelation is pulled from somewhere else in the scriptures. So if that's the case, if Satan is opening up this pit and his army comes out, we should be able to see this um, at least even just in a few places in the Old Testament. Um, but we just don't see that. So um, what we are going to look at is all the references of this army, because this is literally the greatest army that will ever be seen on the earth. And uh, so as we're going to see, it's all over the Old Testament. Uh, but it's been shrouded. It's been shrouded, uh, and you know, Yahuwah made sure it was done that way, uh, just like uh, Mystery Babylon. I think a lot of people have made an attempt to uh, figure out Mystery Babylon over the years, and you know, it's been veiled. And uh, we know that through the book of Daniel, Yahuwah said that things would be sealed up until the end times, and I do believe that we're here, and I believe he has been unsealing these things for um, at least the last decade, um, maybe even longer, but uh, certainly kept in, kept in check until these last times. So with that being said, let's unpack this and let's go right to the book of Joel, because I think most would agree, uh, even most scholars would agree that the, the Joel army has a connection to the locust army. I mean, it's almost uncanny, the, uh, the comparison there. So let's go right to Joel, and we're going to read... Um, we're going to read through Joel. So, Joel 1 1. I don't know why. Yeah. Joel 1 1. The word of Yahuwah that came to Yoel, the son of Pethuel. And one thing I just have to mention, it's just amazing every time I see it, you know, the word of Yahuwah. You know, who is the word of Yahuwah? That's, well, John 1 1. You know, the word is Yahusha. And he became flesh and he tabernacled among, amongst us. So, that's who came to Joel. The word of Yahuwah came to Yoel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Has this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm has left has the locust eaten, and that which the locust has left has the cankerworm, e cankerworm eaten, and that which the cankerworm has left the caterpillar has the caterpillar eaten. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep and howl, all ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation is come up upon my land, strong and without number, 
whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the cheek teeth, which is the back teeth of a great lion. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, I, I don't, for those of you that have been listening to this ministry for any, any length of time, you know I'm not really a big dream guy. Um, you know, I know they exist, and I know that Yahweh uses dreams sometimes. I also know that Hasatan fools people with dreams. Um, so we got to tread lightly. I, I was contemplating whether to share this with you guys because, um, again, I'm just not a big dream guy, but I, I, I find the timing of it was impossible to ignore. Um, and so I'm going to be telling you guys a little bit about my dream a little bit later on in this uh, study because I think it confirmed uh, a lot of things for me and hopefully for us. So we're going to be dissecting this part here in a little bit, uh, basically Joel six, uh, 1, 6 through... Um, one eight, yeah. He so this this army. He has laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He has made it clean, bare, and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. So let's talk about and let's see. Do I want to read? Yeah, we'll we'll stop right there for now. Um, so this is this is the beginning of the discussion of that army. Um, and let's uh, let's take a look at this. So, a nation has come up upon my land, strong without number, whose teeth are the teeth of lion and has the cheek teeth of a great lion. So, let's talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the teeth later on, but let's get a general overview of what we're actually talking about here. So, um, Micah 5.8, and the remnant of Jacob, Jacob is, you know, another, it's the name of Israel, also used as for the people of Israel. So, and the remnant of Israel, Jacob, shall be among the Gentiles, the nations, right? In the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who, if you go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. And certainly this would be a, a trait of the most powerful army that this earth will ever see led by Messiah Yahushua. So what do we see here? We see Israel, we see lions, and young lions, right? So um, uh, what's interesting about this passage here, in the Sefer it says, uh, teeth of a lion and has the back teeth of a great lion. However, in almost all the other, all the other translations, it says a young lion. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, oops, that's not what I want to look at. Let's take a look at Joel 1.6. Here we go. Uh, let's see. What is it in the... Um, actually, it, it was in the Septuagint. I wanted to show you. Yeah, here we go. For a strong and innumerable nation has come up against my land. Their teeth are lion's teeth and their back teeth, right? So that's where here. And he has the cheek teeth. Cheek teeth are your back teeth. He has the back teeth of a great lion. Or in the Septuagint, it says... Uh, and their back teeth, those of a lion's whelp. A lion's whelp is a young lion. So, uh, again, making that connection here, uh, in the midst of many people, this is Micah 5. So, Israel, Jacob, sorry if I'm jumping around a lot, but that's going to happen here. Um, you know, feel free to pause, take notes as, uh, as you feel necessary. So, again, Israel, the people of Israel, will be in the midst of many people as a lion and as a young lion. So, same thing we're seeing here. Um, this Joel army uh, is the, they're going to have the teeth of a lion and their back teeth of a young lion. So, 
something to definitely consider there. Genesis 49.9, Judah is a lion's whelp. There's that young lion again. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. So we're seeing some uh, some patterns here. Uh, Numbers 24.9, he couched, he laid down as a lion and as great lion who shall stir him up. Blessed is he that blesseth thee and cursed is he that curseth thee. Let's keep going. Um, just again, now we're just talking about more about this, this great nation, uh, Isaiah 41, 14 through 16, fear not thou worm Jacob, there again, right? And ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith Yahuwah, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, Yashrael, behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth, right? Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small. And shall make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them. This is a term we're going to be seeing a lot more tonight as well. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and thou shalt rejoice in Yahuwah, and shall glory in the Holy One of Yashrael. So again, key words we're seeing here again. Uh, we're seeing a, thr- a sharp threshing instrument, having teeth again, right? Uh, we're going to remember fan, fanning them. The whirlwind. Micah 4.13 Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion. Right? Again, the people of Israel. For I will make thine horn iron, like your head. Right? Right? Your head, like iron. And I will make thy hoofs brass. And thou shalt beat in pieces many people. And I will consecrate their gain unto Yahuwah and their substance unto Yahuwah of the whole earth. So again, you're just seeing here the theme of this end times Israel being a force to be reckoned with. Uh, here is a pretty interesting passage, Zechariah 10, 1 through 8. Ask ye of Yahuwah rain in the time of the latter rain, so shall Yahuwah make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. And what's interesting is, is this is also spoken about in the book of Joel connecting with this army. Um, and we know that this rain, it's not just about for crops. Uh, it actually has to do with... Um, in the hidden term, in the, the parable form, uh, this rain, uh, we can get the discernment from Deuteronomy 32, which says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine, right? So the word of Yahuwah, the words of Yahuwah, the understanding of Yahuwah, um, his doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. So this is, in my opinion, this is the the rain that he's talking about. And that's exactly what we're seeing in these last days, is that he is starting to give people understanding and revealing knowledge. Uh, Most important knowledge is that of his son uh, that he gave for us, and that of the Torah, which his son... Messiah Yahusha, our king, he came and declared himself to, to be the Torah. He declared himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. And all throughout the scriptures, Torah is the way, it is the truth, and it is your life. So um, that is the the reign I believe he's starting to give us, and he's starting to give us understanding. So, for the idols have spoken vanity, the diviners have seen a lie, and have told false dreams. Right. This is why I'm very also very careful about dreams and like, you know, I'm not just not really big on them, but I do feel led to share with you mine today. And you can be uh, the discerner a little bit later on whether my dream is from Yah or not. They comfort in vain. Therefore, they went their way as a flock. 
They were troubled because there was no shepherd. Mine anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats. For Yahuwah Sevaot hath visited his flock, the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. We're going to see this a little bit later. Um, when uh, well, those of you that uh, know, um, well, what did we see here? Um, yeah, here we go. Yeah, and the shapes of the horses were like horses prepared unto battle, right? And so he made them as the goodly horse in the battle. Out of him came the fourth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. They, so this is again the people of Israel, they shall be as mighty men which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in battle, and they shall fight because Yahuwah is with them, and their riders on horses shall be confounded. And I will strengthen the house of Judah and save the house of Joseph, and I will bring them again to place them, for I have mercy upon them, and they shall be as though I had not cast them off, for I am Yahweh their Elohim, and will hear them. And they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, and we're going to see this in the Joel army, when, especially when we get to, um, uh, let's see, we'll get to Joel 2. Um, right, so again, the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of the mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devours the stubble as a strong people set in battle array. Um, here we go. Verse 7. They shall run like mighty men. Right? They shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. So this is that mighty men we're talking about here. And they of Ephraim should be like a mighty man, and their heart shall rejoice as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it and be glad. Wow. Their heart shall rejoice in Yahuwah. I will hiss for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. Right? So, here's a little more. Uh, we're going to be reading this a couple times tonight. Isaiah 13, 1 through 4. The burden of Babylon. And this is the... This is really the overarching theme of what is actually happening with this army. Uh, they are going to destroy Mystery Babylon, uh, which we'll be talking more about in the weeks to come. Those of you that have been following this channel for, for any length of time, uh, you already know um, my take on Mystery Babylon and what I believe the word plainly says all throughout Scripture. But uh, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see, lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain. And this is another term I want you to remember, maybe take a little note of uh, this banner. We're going to talk a lot about this banner, the standard, an ensign, um, which I believe this army becomes like a um, like a sign, like a banner, a sign upon a hill. Uh, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about a little bit later. So lift you up a banner upon the high mountain. So what this is saying is lift up a like a banner, a sign, a um, an ensign on top the high mountain. What is the high mountain? It's, it's it's Zion. It's New Jerusalem. Exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. Gates of New Jerusalem. I have commanded my sanctify ones. I have also called my mighty ones. Again, remember they shall be as uh, as mighty men, right? Like mighty men. Um, I have called my mighty ones for my anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. So this army, um, you know, demons, demon locusts, you know, of Satan's army don't rejoice in Yahweh's highness. Um, 
period. His people do. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, and I think that was just right here, right? Like the noise of chariots on the top of the mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame, the fire, the fire that devours the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array, right? So again, the noise of a multitude in the mountains, like of as a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together, Yahuwah Sevaoth mustereth the host of the battle, right? And we're going to stop there. So now let's go back to, um, here we go. Now back to Joel 1. So he, this army, this specific army has laid my vine waste, has barked my fig tree. He has made it clean bare and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. Let's see what this is talking about. This is undoubtedly talking about Isaiah 5. So let's read Isaiah 5 together. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. Right? You know where that's set in. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. This is the parable of the vineyard, by the way. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? And now, go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned, nor digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns. This is the opposite of a fruitful tree. Men, the children of men are to be fruitful trees. And we get that uh, understanding through, uh, well, all the scriptures, but essentially, especially uh, Psalm 1, which says that the person that dwells on his Torah and that uh, abides in his Torah uh, will be as a tree planted by the rivers of water and will give forth fruit in its due season. Briars and thorns, this is a reference to a plant that really bears nothing uh it just you know has thorns and briars it's like really not very useful to to men um and you know likewise a briar and a thorn is not useful to yahuwah i will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it so there again we see that his doctrine is not going to rain down on these briars and thorns right because they have no delight in his word for the vineyard of Yahuwah Sevaot is the house of Israel. So it's telling you plainly the, who the vineyard is. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In mine ears, saith Yahuwah Sevaot, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of an homer shall yield an, shall yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And the harp, and the vial, and the tabret, and pipe, and wine are in their feasts. But they regard not the work of Yahuwah, neither consider, consider the operation of his hands. Right. And this is something that we've been talking about a lot lately is do you regard the work of Yahuwah, the work of his hands? Do you look around uh, at his magnificent creation while, quite frankly, this world is rough because of who is running it? 
still the world is beautiful think of that you know the firmament he's made the the sapphire firmament and get that blue tint to it uh the sun the moon the stars and how you know beautiful and magnificent they are don't don't we ever dare worship the host of heaven but we we worship uh, the creator who made these things the trees and the and the the plants and the flowers and the grass and the birds and the animals and just everything he's made do you regard the work of yahuwah do you consider the operation of his hands you know how the sun and the moon do their thing every single day and the stars every single day without fail the constellations never break rank just amazing Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it and the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But Yahuwah Sevaot shall be exalted in judgment and Elohim that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin, as it were, with a cart rope. That say, oops, that say, let him make speed, and hasten his work, that we may see it. And let the counsel of the Holy One of Yashrael draw nigh and come, that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This is a, a reference to the Torah because we know that the Torah is sweeter than honey. We also know that the Torah is light. So this is people flipping the Torah upside down, uh, which unfortunately most of Christianity uh, today do that. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossom shall go up as the dust because they have cast away the Torah, the law, the Torah of Yahweh Sebaot and despise the word of of the Holy One of Yashrael. And quite frankly, not only is this uh, um, happening in modern Christianity, but also in Judaism, because I can tell you firsthand, growing up in Judaism, you know, they regard the works of man uh, over and above uh, the Torah and the, the, the word of Yahuwah. Um, they have their rabbinical literature, the Talmud, the Midrash, the, uh, or the, um, the Zohar, the, you know, all these other uh, writings, um, they put above the Torah. So this essentially, uh, they have cast away the, the Torah of Yahuwah. And that's exactly what Messiah Yahusha came to do. Uh, he told him, he rebuked him because, you know, he said, in vain you do worship uh, Yahuwah uh, because you make, you know, you know, through your traditions of men, you make of no effect uh, the commandments of Yah. And, you know, those people are living in his land right now. Do you think he's happy about that? Do you think uh, that land is bringing forth the fruits that he wants? No, it's not. Therefore is the anger of Yahweh kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Now, so this is now, now we're getting into, I wanted to read all that just to preface, and now we're getting into what I really wanted to get into in this chapter. And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far. Remember I was telling you about the banner, the standard, the ensign on top of a hill, right? 
He will lift up an ensign to the nations from afar and will hiss unto them from the end of the earth. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. Okay, here we go. Now we're looking at... Um, yeah, where is it? They shall run and not... Here we go. Where is it? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Is it in Joel 1? Any case. Okay, so, none shall be weary, nor stumble among them. And, and this is, you know... Um, they shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, they shall march everyone in his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Right? None shall be weary, no stumble among them, none shall slumber nor sleep, neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latch of their shoes be broken, whose arrows are sharp, and their bows bent, their horses' hoofs shall be counted like flint, and their wheels like a whirlwind. And this is another term I want you to remember, this whirlwind. Their roaring shall be like a lion. They, they shall roar like young lions. So again, uh, looking at uh, Joel 1, right, uh, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion and the back teeth of a, of a young lion or a great lion, whatever, you, however, whatever, um, uh, when you're looking at, right? Um, yeah, here we go again. Remember, and this is Revelation 9 now. They had the hair as the hair of women and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, they shall roar like young lions, yea, they shall roar and lay hold of their prey, and they shall carry it away safe, and none shall deliver it. And in that day they shall roar against him like the roaring of the sea. That's another term, roaring of the sea. And if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Why? Because, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit, and the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So again, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Why? Because the bottomless pit has been opened up, and the smoke has covered the earth. So uh, earlier, uh, or earlier, we talked about... Um, uh, here, right here, and he, this is again. This is still Isaiah five, and he'll lift up an ensign to the nations. We need to talk about this now about about ensign. So again, we're going back to Isaiah thirteen, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Lift ye up a banner, right? Banner, ensign. They're very similar terms. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand, that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones, I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. This is the children of Israel. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together, Yahweh Sevaot mustereth the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even Yahweh and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land, right? Which the whole land, which land? When it, usually when it talks about the land, it's usually his land. How ye, for the day of Yahweh is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint and every man's heart shall melt. They shall be afraid. This is another term you need to remember or write down. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as of a woman that travaileth. This is something that we're going to see a couple more times tonight. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, 
the day of Yahweh cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. He shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Again, there's a certain people living in that land that are utter sinners that have um, denied his Messiah and that uh, make of no effect uh, the Torah, the true commandments of Yahuwah through the vain traditions of men, through the Talmud, uh, and all these other wicked doctrines. Now listen, for the stars of heaven and the constellations shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth and the moon shall not cause their light to shine forth. Why? Because again, the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So this is the same thing we're seeing here of this army in Isaiah 13, which we saw this army, right, are his sanctified, his sanctified ones and them that rejoice in his highness. That is not demons, period. Now, uh, and, and again, it also said um, they come from a far country from the end of heaven uh Right, so they come from a far country from the end of heaven, right? So this is where they're gathered from. Isaiah 11, 1, uh, 11, 11 through 13, And it shall come to pass in that day that Yahuwah shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which, which has not happened yet, by the way. People will tell you that the 1948 thing that happened, was it? It's not. Which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations. Again, right? This is that ensign to the nations afar off. This is uh, Isaiah 5. This is that ensign. And again, remember, lift up a banner. He shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel. So this is the outcasts of Israel gathered are the ensign and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Remember, these people, this army, they come from a far country from the end of heaven. From the four corners of the earth, back to Isaiah 11. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. So this is part of the Ezekiel 37 prophecy about the two sticks, the house of Joseph, which is that in the hand of Ephraim, and the house of Judah coming together and being one in Yahuwah's hand. <clears throat> Isaiah thirty seventeen through twenty one, one thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, and the rebuke at the rebuke of five shall ye flee, till ye. This is talking all about the children of Israel. Till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on a hill. This is a sign for the people. This is going to be a visual event when this happens, when the people of Yisrael are gathered. And uh, it'll be, again, as a beacon on the, a mountain and an ensign on a hill. And therefore will Yahweh wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have, may have mercy upon you. For Yahuwah is an Elohim of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Amen to that. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. That should tell you something. That's New Jerusalem dwelling in Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto you at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer you. And though Yahuwah give you the bread of adversity, right? So even if your walk is tough, right? And the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear a word behind you. It's a still small voice, right? Like behind you saying, 
This is the way. Walk ye in it. And we turn to the right hand and we turn to the left. And what is that way? I didn't put that in here, but what is that way? You can get that through Psalm 119, oops, 19, 1, which says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, right, the way who walk in the Torah of Yahuwah. Zechariah 9, 8 through 16, again, still talking about this army. And I will encamp about mine house because of the army, because of him that passeth by, and because of him that returneth. And no oppressor shall pass through them any more, for now I have seen with mine eyes. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the full of an ass. And this is obviously going to be a dual fulfillment. This was a fulfillment back when Yahusha rode through with the donkey and uh, the palm branches were laid before him. And... Um, this is going to happen again. Now, this is continuing for the end times. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. As for thee also, by the blood of the covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein there is no water. Are we talking about, uh, what are we talking about here? This, uh... Uh, and he opened the bottomless pit, and the smoke arose out of the pit as a smoke of a great furnace. So think about this. When when this gathering happens, is it not going to be the first resurrection? Do we not realize that, you know, Christianity teaches, and a lot of us were taught since we've grown up in the faith or, you know, whatever we grew up in, is that when you die, you go up into heaven. But that's not the truth. When you die your soul goes into Sheol and there's one of two habitations. There's either Avraham's bosom or there is the, the other side of torment. We saw that in the par uh, in the teaching uh, Yahusha taught with uh, Lazarus, you know, the beggar. Um, and the rich man was, you know, in flames and, he, you know, his he was in torment and, uh, you know, the uh, beggar was in Abraham's bosom with uh, delight and peace and rest. So, when that resurrection happens, where are they going to be coming from? So again, out of the pit wherein there's no water, turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I'll render double unto you. When I have bent, and remember, the, uh, and this is also something to consider, Daniel 12 states that, um, right here, uh, verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth, right? It's telling you right there where they are. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some of them to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So the, the uh, and it also says many of them. For, for whatever reason, not everybody is going to be part of this. Some people are going to stay in the dust of the earth till that great judgment. But uh, again, uh, some uh, some righteous and some wicked are going to be raised up. And... The wicked will receive double uh, for their wickedness, and the righteous will receive double for their righteousness. We see that here in Isaiah 61, where it says, um, um, to a, uh, isn't this talking about the day of vengeance, right? To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the, joy, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahuwah, that they may be glorified. Um, and actually, here we go. For your shame, you shall have double. 
and from confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. We also know that mystery Babylon receives double for her wickedness, right? When I have bent Judah for me, so now he's talking about his weapons of war. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim and raise up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, or it could be, you know, O you nations, you heathen, you Gentiles, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. So Judah, Ephraim, his people, the whole house of Israel, are, is going to be the sword of a mighty man. And Yahuwah shall be seen over them. Now, this is, I believe, is a direct connection to uh, Joel 2. It says, um, Joel 2, 11, And Yahuwah shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that ex executes his word, for the day of Yahuwah is great and very terrible. Who can abide it? So what am I saying here? Yahuwah shall utter his voice before his army. So he will appear before his army. Yahuwah shall be seen over them. It's back to Zechariah 9, 14. And Yahuwah shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning, and Yahuwah shall blow the shofar, the Hebrew word here is shofar, and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. Remember I was telling you to remember the, the term whirlwinds? So what did we just see here? Yahuwah is over his army, and he shall send forth his weapons of war with the shofar and with the whirlwinds of the south. Yahuwah Sebaoth shall defend them, they shall, and they shall devour and subdue with slingstones, and they shall drink and make noise as through wine, and they shall be filled like bowls as the corner of the altar. Now, I believe, um, is that on here? Uh, they shall rejoice. Is that on here? Maybe not. Okay. All right. Maybe not. Give me just a second. This is important. Uh, I thought I had this. Forgive me. Well, just, okay, yeah, this, this is what I was thinking of. Joel 2, it says, yeah, yeah. Yahweh will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you grain and wine, and ye shall be satisfied uh, therewith. Uh, so that's what I was just thinking about the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, shall make a noise as through wine. So they'll rejoice, you know, as through wine. They shall be filled like bowls in the corners of the altar. And Yahweh shall save them in that day as the flock of his people, and they shall be as stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon his land. Boom. There it is right there. We're connecting um, this ensign. We're connecting it with uh, Isaiah 13, the army there, the Isaiah 5, the army there, and connecting it through um, uh, the army of Joel. And let's not forget that this ensign on a hill, what are we talking? What are we even talking about here? We are talking about Revelation 14. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, which is upon his land, right? His high mountain. A lamb sat on the Mount Sion, and with him in 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. This is that ensign, I believe. So, okay. Now, other thing. Uh, I want to talk about, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, 
Okay, we already read that. Okay, so that's good. We'll close up some of these tabs real quick. So going back to right here. This is Revelation 9, 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of Yahweh on their foreheads. And that's the one thing I love about the Sefer. It's got these nice little notes here. And it's, it is referencing Ezekiel 9. And uh, I just want to share with you just real quickly. Um, Ezekiel 9. And he cried also in mine ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. We just talked about the weapons of Yahuwah, who they are. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of, of the Elohim of Yashrael was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And Yahweh said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. And they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Anyways, so what's the what's the point we're looking at here is, you know, who was in charge of this destruction? Um, well, it was, you know, this you know man in white. I could maybe even equate. I don't know if specifically it's talking about Yahusha here, but uh, in a in a you know figurative sense for uh, in future terms, I do believe it's you know a, a you know a pattern of Yahusha clothed in white and his army, the house of Israel. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going. So you know, let's uh, let's talk about something here real quick. I want to talk about this, which is probably the hardest thing to understand here, which it says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, or it can say the angel over the bottomless pit, right? Whose name in the Ivory tongue is Abaddon, Abaddon, but in the Yavani tongue, his name is Apollyon. So here's one thing we have to understand is most people... This word right here, actually, let's go to Revelation 9-11. Oops. Interlinear. We'll go to the interlinear. Uh, they have over them a king, the angel of the abyss. The name of him, this uh, word right here, uh, It's it. the translators said him, but the usage could be he, she, it, they, them, the same. So here's what we're relying on. We're relying on the translators um, to tell us that the name of Abaddon and Apollyon is the name of this angel. But if we read it like this, which is the angel over the bottomless pit, its name in the Evering tongue is Abaddon, but in the Yavani tongue has its name Apollyon. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you go through the scriptures, uh, this word Abaddon, let's take a look at it real quick. Um, where is the Where is that? Oh, I thought I had that up here. Okay, maybe I don't. Abaddon. So it's only used here in the Greek once, right? But it is right here of a Hebrew origin, 
Abaddon. Right? Abaddon. Abaddon. So this is the outline of biblical usage. This is how it was used every single time in the Hebrew. It's a place of destruction, destruction, ruin, Abaddon, right? Uh, Strong's definition, uh, a perishing concrete Hades, right? Hell, um, a place of destruction, the abyss, right? So this is every use of it. Hell is naked before him and destruction hath no covering. Destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. For it is fire that consumeth to destruction, and would root out all mine increase. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? This is all talking about um, uh, the pit, the, uh, the grave, hell, Sheol. Hell and destruction are before Yahuwah, how much more than the hearts of the children of men. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of men are never satisfied. What I'm getting at is not one time in the in the Hebrew, uh, in the Tanakh, is uh, Abaddon used for Satan. Never. Not once. Um, something I found interesting. Oh, I did have it right here. Of course I did. Okay. Um so this is, I know this is just wiki, and we can't, you know, wiki isn't the end-all be-all, but I think it's a good place to uh, get some information. So um, I want to read a little bit about the, uh, about um, Abaddon era. Here we go. Um, okay. Uh, in Judaism, right? The Hebrew Bible. The term Abaddon appears six times in the Masoretic text of the Hebrew Bible. Abaddon means destruction or place of destruction or the realm of the dead and is accompanied by Sheol, right? And we just went over these six ways it was used. Um, let's see, let's see. Yeah. The text, uh, yeah, the text of the Thanksgiving hymns which was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls tells the Sheol of Abaddon and of the torrents of Belial uh, burst into Abaddon. The biblical antiquities misattributed to Philo, it mentions Abaddon as a place, destruction, rather than an individual. Abaddon is also one of the compartments of Gehenna. That's essentially what I'm saying here. By extension, it can mean underworld, abode, or of lost souls, or Gehenna. Uh, rabbinical literature, we're going to skip. Don't care. Uh, New Testament. The Christian scriptures contains the first known depiction of Abaddon as an individual instead of an individual entity instead of a place. So the reason that I'm bringing this up is, you know, could the interpreters of the New Testament have gotten it wrong, considering that every other um, Old Testament scripture we had mentions that Abaddon is a place. So here's what I'm saying here. Uh, and the, the unfortunate part is we don't have multiple angles to look at this text. We just have this text. Um, and we know that, that's what I was saying before at the beginning of this, is that, you know, I think a good Berean looks at multiple angles, multiple translations. Well, well, this is really all we have. And it said we had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Or again, it could say the angel over the bottomless pit or who has rule over the bottomless pit. Um, and again, whose name is Abaddon. So is it saying the angel's name is Abaddon or is it what we've seen, what we just saw, that the bottomless pit, his name is Abaddon and Apollyon means destruction or destroyer, right? So this is the destruction right here is in the bottomless pit. So it's just something to consider. It is just absolutely something to consider. Now, um, you know, last week I had mentioned a few things about, um, you know, this angel, 
this angel that is that oversees this pit, that is ruler over this pit. Um, let's let's take a look at something real quick. And also considering the this angel um, that had this key to the bottomless pit, right? Who who is the owner of this bottomless pit? So you know, first of all, let's let's ask ourselves: Is Yahusha the Son of Man, uh, our our Messiah, our King of Kings, is he considered an angel of Yahuwah? Let's take a look at some references. Exodus three two through five. And the angel of Yahuwah appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moshe said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, and why the bush is not burnt. And when Yahuwah saw that he had turned aside to see, he called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Don't come close. Put off your shoes from off your feet, for the place whereon you're standing is holy ground. So this angel of Yahuwah is also referred to as Yahuwah said to Moses, Put off your feet, for this place is holy ground. This is not just some angel. This is not just one of the ranks of angels. This is the angel of Yahuwah, who I'm going to show you that I believe is Yahusha, the pre-incarnate of Yahusha, the everlasting, with the Father since the foundation of the world. So here's another uh, scene of putting off your shoes from off your holy ground. Joshua 5, 13 through 15, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand, which I believe this is the same angel of Yahuwah with his sword drawn that uh, resisted uh, Balaam. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of Yahuwah am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Adonai unto his servant? And the captain of Yahuwah's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. I believe this is Messiah, right? Another look at this. Revelation 10, 1-3, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, you already know who this is, and a rainbow about his head, clue number two, and his face as it were the sun, and his pillar and his feet as pillars of fire. This is Yahusha, period. And he is noted here as an angel, a mighty angel. And he had it in his hand a little book open. There's the book with the seven seals opened, and he set his right foot upon the earth on the sea and his left foot upon the earth, and cried with a loud voice, When a lion roareth, when, when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Why is a lion roareth? Because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So, going back here, uh, clothed with a cloud, rainbow upon his head, face as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Well, who is this? Revelation 1, 13-15. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and, a, and girt about with the paps of the golden girdle, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and is the voice of the sound of many waters. So uh, this is his, right? This is talking about um, his feet pillars of fire. Revelation 5, 4 through 7, And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, 
the lion of the tribe of Judah, which we just mentioned, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and then of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, Messiah, as if it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of Elohim, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So two things to take from this is, number one, it's very clear that there's a the father and the son. A lot of people will say the son was uh, just was the father that came down in the flesh. Um, we can't have this scene here if it's just the father. He's not... Um, just doesn't work. Um, but but more importantly here, uh, based off our study, is again, um, this mighty angel whose face shone like the sun and who, you know, clothed the cloud. Um, and we, we saw in Acts that he left with a cloud and it says that he will return the same way, right? Um, uh, right here, it says, and his hand had a little book open, right? And so that's what we're talking about here. Um, he took the book out of the right hand, right? So it, what I'm showing you here is that Yahusha is the angel, not an angel, but the angel of Yahuwah. And um, again, in Revelation, it uh, annotates him as uh, a mighty angel coming down. Uh, and just, here's just a couple more angel of Yahuwah uh, references. It, it's all throughout the scriptures. Um, we won't go through all these. But, um, yeah, here, the numbers, the angel of Yahuwah sent to Balaam, you know, uh, I believe that was also Yahusha. I believe that was Yahusha in the in the, the bush, the burning bush. I believe it was Yahusha on the, the mounts and burning fire. Um, he's been the representation of Yahuwah on the earth from the beginning because Yahusha himself said that no man hath seen the Father. No man. So if that's a true statement, which I do believe it is, so, you know, back in Exodus, you know, with the giving of the, the covenant, you know, Exodus 19 through, um, you know, when, when they saw him on Mount Zion, I believe they saw Yahusha, period. Um, so, anyways, it's, it's all over the place. So we don't need to go into that. And, you know, talking about uh, the angel that rules over the bottomless pit, a lot of us just think, of Satan, well, quite frankly, it's because of this passage. Uh, people will be like, "Oh, yeah, Satan. He's the the owner of the bottomless pit. He has the key. His army comes out of it." Um, but we don't see that anywhere in Scripture where where Satan rules over um, the bottomless pit. Psalm eight six: Thou hast made him, which is Yahusha, this is Messiah, to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now I ask you, all things under his feet. Does that mean all things, or does that just mean heaven and earth, but not? Sheol, not Gehenna, not the lake of fire, not... No, he owns all that. That's all his. Everything is the work of his hands. John 3.35, the Father loves the Son and hath given all things into his hand. And I believe all means all, and that includes the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is owned by Yahusha. He rules over it. Matthew 11.27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and to he whoever the Son will reveal him. And so let's talk more about this bottomless pit. Revelation 20, 1 through 8, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loose for a little season. So I ask you, you know, again, 
if Satan is a becomes a this hasn't happened yet. If Satan becomes a prisoner in the bottomless pit, is he the ruler and the owner of the bottomless pit, or is he a prisoner? I believe he's a prisoner. And just to show you that this hasn't happened yet. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahusha and for the word of Yahuwah, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Messiah a thousand years. Okay? This hasn't happened yet. But the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection which has not happened. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of Elohim and of Mashiach and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, right? And shall go to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is of the sand of the sea. So if if people are saying that Satan is loosed out of the bottomless pit and his army comes out, that's not what this is saying right here. It says when Satan is loosed out of his prison, he doesn't come out with his army. He goes to the nations and gathers an army. His army doesn't come out of the pit. Okay. So now let's talk about let's talk about um, here. Let's talk about this. Not Revelation nine four or nine five. It was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of Yahweh in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they, they should, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. So let's talk about this torment because this is actually a really important part here. So we're, uh, we're going to look at the, the word torture that was used in the book of Revelation exclusively. And it's basanis, basanismos, okay? Torment. It was translated as torment six times, okay? Now let's look at, uh, let's look at the six times it was used. It was used in Revelation 9.5, and to them, we just read this, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. The next one, this is in relation to mystery Babylon, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who, wor oh, I'm sorry, this isn't, I'm sorry, this one is in relation to those that worship the image of the beast, right? So let's actually take a quick look at the context of Revelation 14.11. Um... Actually, yeah, okay, so yes, okay, it is, all right, so let's read 11 through, or 8 through 11, this is Revelation 14, 8 through 11, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast, the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his, hand, of his name. So this, again, what I am connecting this with is uh, the fall of Babylon and those that worship um, the beast. So, again, 
This is the word torment you used here in this context. Revelation eighteen seven. This is in relation to Mr. Babylon herself. How much hath how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Revelation eighteen ten, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And then a little bit further, a few verses later, 18.5, The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. So you're probably asking yourself, well, so what? All these say torment. What does that matter? Well, another word of torment was used throughout the rest of the New Testament, basanizo, right? And it was translated eight times as torment, pain, toss, vex, toil. And you can see here... Uh, Matthew 8, 6, and saying, Adonai, my servant lieth home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Uh, so why was this tor- word torment? Um, See that thou torment me not. Uh, toiling, I beseech thee, torment me not. Um, so it's just, it is interesting that, that um, you know, for everything outside of... Um, um, you know, it's just interesting why that word torment was used. Maybe it's just a variation of the same word, uh, but it is interesting to just take note of. Okay, so speaking about the 144,000 in that scene, let's take a look at something that I think we really need to pay attention to regarding this army. So Revelation 7, 1 through 3 reads, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor on any tree. Now, here is something that, uh, quite frankly, Yah Yah gave me just very recently, just in the last few days. Um, You know, naturally we would think that this wind is just like, you know, the wind of the earth, which is very important to how nature, you know, wind is very important for nature and and the cycle of things and whatnot. Um, I don't think think this wind is what we think it is. And I'm going to show you uh, by the scripture what I believe this wind is. We'll keep going. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living Elohim. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the sea and the earth, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the seas nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our Elohim in their foreheads. foreheads." So these winds cannot blow on the earth until there is a sealing of the 144,000. The reason I'm bringing this up is uh, there's a ton of connections to this Wind. We remember earlier we're talking about a whirlwind. Um, we've been talking about clouds, storm, or uh, we'll be talking a lot more about the the wind, clouds, storms, tempest that has a big part to play in this army. Um, let's see here. Okay, so let's talk about this. So, oops. So obviously when we talk about wind, we can associate it with clouds, storms, tempest, whirlwinds. Isaiah 60, verse 8. Who are are these that fly as a cloud and as doves to their windows? Hosea 11, 8 8 through 11. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeboim? 
My heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am Elohim and not a man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. They shall walk after Yahuwah. They shall walk after Yahuwah. He shall roar like a lion. When he shall roar, the children shall tremble from the west. And we saw this roaring. We saw that the army was going to roar like lions. We've seen that Yahusha roars like a lion. And they shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt and as a dove out of the land of Assyria. And I will place them in their houses, saith Yahuwah. Isaiah 26, 18. We have been with child. This is the children of Israel speaking. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We has, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. So what's this bringing forth? Revelation 12, 1 through 2, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. Right? So this is this uh, bringing forth of this wind. Who is this wind? Well, uh, Revelation 12:5, and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto Elohim and to his throne, which I believe at this point uh, is set in New Jerusalem. Let's go back to Isaiah 11, 11 through 16. It shall come to pass in that day the Yahweh shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, which again I believe is the 144,000 set up on Mount Zion, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and shall gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of of the earth remember <clears throat> holding the four winds of the earth or I'm sorry standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on any tree so again um, the envy also of Ephraim shall depart and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off Ephraim shall not envy Judah Judah shall not vex Ephraim but they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall. This is the you know the flying right, flying on a cloud that we read in, in Isaiah sixty verse eight. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab. The children of of Ammon shall obey them. Right. So this is I'm giving you a little glimpse of the destruction force, destroying force of uh, Yahuwah's army. And Yahuwah shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea, and with his mighty wind. Right, his mighty wind, he shall shake his hand over the river and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over dry shot. So this is this mighty wind. This is what we're talking about here, that the wind should not blow. Right, and there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. And in that day, say shall I'm sorry. And in that day, thou shalt say, O Yahuwah, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away. And though thou comfortest me, behold, Elohim is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahuwah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation, my deliverance. This is uh, Exodus 15, the song of Moshe, which we will be singing together uh, at the end of this. But uh, it's part of the reasons why I do believe that the song of Moses that is sung is the song of Moses in Exodus 15, not of Deuteronomy 32. 
Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation, and in that day shall ye say, Praise Yahuwah, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto Yahuwah, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Yashrael in the midst of thee. Again, everything is just tying to this day where there's the gathering, there's the separation of the 144,000, which I believe is that destruction force. And you had the great multitude that comes with um, that is part of that uh, greater exodus. So one one thing of note while we're here, um, off topic but an important topic, is that, you know there's, there's some major ministries out there that are pulling people away from the importance of his name. Now, I'm not going to bicker about different, you know, pronunciations, you know, whether uh, it be Yahuwah, uh, or Yehovah, um, uh, people are, are are pulling people back and saying, uh, "Just call him God. Just call him Lord. Uh, it's not a big deal. It's not worth. It's not worth uh, standing up for." Uh, I'm here to tell you that it is worth standing up for. And there's a passage that I love oh so much that um, actually to Esdras, go to chapter two. And speaking about the 144,000 and crowning, and uh, let me just read this for you. This is, this is a scene on top of Mount Zion, and um, it says here, it says, Then I asked the angel, What young person is it that crowns them and gives them palms in their hands? Remember, this army has crowns, doesn't it? Let, tell me the last time Satan and, and de demons had crowns on them. What young person is it that crowns them and gives them palms in their hands? So he answered and said unto me, It is the son of Elohim who they have confessed in the world. Then I began greatly to commend them who that stood so stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. So don't let anybody out there tell you. I don't care how big the ministry is. Don't let them tell you that the name's not important um, and start taking you back to churchianity. Uh, no, not a good idea in my opinion. Okay, so back here. Okay, so all right, so we're done with that. So we're gonna talk more about the wind uh, a little bit later. Um, actually, we're gonna continue to talk about the wind. Excuse me. So now we're gonna look at two Esdras, fifteen. Actually, you know what? We can just go with uh, the Sefer version. So we're gonna look at thirty-four through forty-five. Okay, so we're going to take a look at 2 Esdras, chapter 15. Wait. Okay, we're going to chapter 15. We'll start at verse uh, 37. And there shall be great fearfulness and trembling upon the earth, and they that see their wrath shall be afraid, and trembling shall come upon them. Remember, we saw earlier pains and take a hold upon them like a woman that travails. And there, and then shall there come great storms from the south and from the north and another part from the west. And strong winds, right? Strong winds shall arise from the east and shall open it. So what are we talking about here? Remember, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, uh, nor the sea, nor any tree. And the cloud which he raised up in wrath and the star stir star stirred to cause fear toward the east and the west wind shall be destroyed this is the um, um, yeah 
This is the enemy. <laughs> the great and mighty clouds shall be puffed up full of wrath and the star that they make all the earth afraid and then that dwell therein. And they shall pour out over every high and eminent place a horrible star, fire and hail and flying swords and many waters that all fields may be full and rivers with all with the abundance of great waters. And they shall break down the cities and walls, mountains and hills, trees of the wood and grass of the meadows and their grain. And they shall they shall go steadfastly unto Babel or Babylon and make her afraid. They shall come to her and besiege her. The star and all wrath shall they pour out upon her. Then shall the dust and the smoke go up to heaven, unto heaven, and all they that be about her shall bewail her. Right. So this the Babylon is fallen. And they that remain under her shall do service unto them that have put her in fear. Right. So the destroying force will make those people that are left subservient unto them. All right. Uh, now let's take a look at Psalm 18. With, with some of the key pieces that we've been uh, reading about, hearing about, let's look at Psalm 18 with, a new, with some new eyes here. I will love thee, O Yahuwah, my strength. Yahuwah is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Right, he is, he is my, uh, he is my El, and I praise him. Right, this is the song of Moshe, my Elohim, my strength, and whom I trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon Yahuwah, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrow of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon Yahuwah and cried unto my Elohim. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even unto his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. Why? Again, because he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of the pit, and the smoke as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Darkness was under his feet and he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His, his pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Again, all talking about this time. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. Now we're talking about some of the earlier trumpets, uh, shofars that we talked about uh, two weeks ago. Yahuwah also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out the lightnings and discomfited them. Remember, uh, was it Zechariah 9? Can't forget that. Um... Right, so again, well, there's just so many connections here. Right, sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit. Right, we're talking about the opening of the pit. Uh, when I have bent Judah for me and filled the bow with Ephraim and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as a sort of a mighty man, and Yahweh shall seen be shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning, which we just solidified that Judah is the bow, Ephraim is the is the uh, arrow. Right. Yahweh shall blow the shofar and go with the whirlwinds of the south, right? Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He did, sh sh and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Yahuwah, at the blast of thy breath of thy nostril. He sent 
from above, he took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but Yahuwah was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Yahuwah rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of Yahuwah and have not done have not wickedly departed from my Elohim. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath Yahuwah recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Right, brothers and sisters? This is all about belief in Messiah, Yahusha, and keeping of the Torah. Don't let anybody tell you that the Torah is optional, or it's, we just do it because we love him. No, it is a requirement of our walk, hands down. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with a froward, thou wilt show thyself froward. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but thou wilt bring down high looks. For thou wilt light my candle. Yahuwah, my Elohim, will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my Elohim have I leaped over a wall. Hello, is that... Joel 2 7 they shall run like mighty men they shall climb the wall like men of war and they shall march everyone has ranks and they shall not break their ranks so what did we just see here for by thee I have run through a troop and by my Elohim I have leaped over a wall as for Elohim his way is perfect the word of Yahuwah is tried he is a buckler to all those that trust in him for who is Elohim save Yahuwah or who is a rock save our Elohim it is Elohim that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me up on high places. Hinds feet, right? Where is that? Um, uh, oh, it's, yeah, that's right. It's in Joel. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they shall run like mighty men, right? <laughs> that's running pretty fast, I imagine. Uh, yeah, like the noise of chariots on the top of the mountains, they shall leap. The appearance of them is the appearance of horses, so shall they run, right? They're going to run like an animal. He maketh my feet like hind's feet, and setteth me up on my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in my arms. The house also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up. And thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. Right? So he wounded them, right? Maybe didn't kill them. Not right away. For thou hast girded me with the strength unto battle. Thou hast subdued me. Thou, I'm sorry, thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there were none to save them, even unto Yahuwah, but he answered them not. I did beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. Remember back in 2 Ezra 15, and they that remain under her shall do service unto them that have put her in fear. 
you have made me the head of the heathen, a people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The, the strangers, strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their close places. Yahuwah liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the Elohim of my salvation be exalted. It is Elohim that avengeth me, and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies, yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks unto you, O Yahuwah, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. O Yahuwah, right? Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth his mercy, mercy, mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Hallelujah to that. Really? Right? Whew. Wow. Praise be to Yahuwah. I'm going to close a couple times here. Um, so now, <clears throat> let's talk more about this army, and let's talk about this wind, this breath, that uh, brings it all together here in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, the hand of Yahuwah was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahuwah and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, and I answered, O Yahuwah, you know. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahuwah. Thus saith Yahuwah Eloheinu unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath, right, or ruach, wind. So let's look at that real quick. Let's look at this word, breath. I will cause breath, ruach. Ruach is, uh, tra is uh, translated as spirit, wind, breath, Okay. So we can say, Behold, I will cause breath, or the ruach, or the wind, to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and it will bring flesh up, bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah. So I, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bones to bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath, no wind, no ruach in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith Yahweh Eloheinu, Come from, <laughs> Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So what are we talking about here? After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind, the ruach, the breath, should not blow upon the earth, nor on the sea, nor on the earth, saying, Her not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants in their foreheads. Come from the four winds, O breath, O wind, O ruach, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath, the wind, the ruach came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Yashrael. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our, part, for our parts. Therefore prophesy and send to them, Thus saith Yahweh Elohimu, Behold, O my people, I will open up your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Yashrael. And ye shall know that I am Yahuwah 
when I have opened up your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of my graves. And shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, then ye shall know that I, Yahuwah, have spoken it and performed it, saith Yahuwah. And this is what we were saying earlier about the house of Israel and the house of Judah coming together. The word of Yahuwah came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it, for Judah and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it, for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Yashrael his companions, and join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, What wilt thou, wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Are you, are you not going to tell us, tell us what this means? Say unto them, Thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, Yahuwah Elohinu, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribe of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in mine hand. Right? And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes, and say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh Eloheinu, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and will gather, gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I will be their God, their, their Elohim. Right? Down here, verse uh, or 26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and it will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forever. My tabernacle, New Jerusalem, also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, Yahuwah, do sanctify Israel when, I, when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. So praise be to Yahuwah on that. So I'm hoping that you're seeing some of the connections here with the children of Israel, the children of Judah coming together, um, the wind coming in them, the wind being held back in Revelation 7, the sealing of the 144,000, uh, the children of Israel being the weapons of war, being the destruction, the ones that destroy and trample over Babylon. Um, you know, and, and again, like I said last week, we shouldn't be that surprised because Joshua, Yahusha, as we know Joshua, as we know him, you know, him crossing over the Jordan and going into the promised land, right, which, um, you know, going in, and they were the, the force to be reckoned with. They were the force that made every king tremble, period. What makes you think that anything's going to be different? What makes you think that it's now going to be Satan doing that? That's an honor. When he, when, when, when Yahuwah said that uh, he did all these things and these plagues and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, he said he did it to get his honor. So are we saying that the greatest army that this world is ever going to see is going to be the honor of Satan and, and demons? No, not at all. Make another note here. Because I want to add one more thing. So one more, uh, one more thought process I want to go through is I wanted to expand more about the teeth. Now, I'm gonna tread carefully here because I'm not a I'm not a big dream guy. I told you guys that before. 
you know, in the midst of this study, I know that I've been ruffling some feathers by going through Revelation, and some of the things we're talking about are challenging a lot of the things that we've talked about that have been told to us for probably thousands of years, probably almost 18, 1900 years, maybe 17, 1800 years, you know, they've been talked about this way. Um, you know, with the, the killing of the, uh, the, the early church, the real early church, I'm um, talking about, you know, uh, Peter and the apostles and maybe even, maybe even one generation after that. But after that, I mean, they were all killed off and, um, you know, the truth was hidden by the, by the RCC and, um, whatever. Anyway, so, Again, we've inherited a lot of lies, and you know what? Even though I state plainly that you know, I am not your teacher. Your teacher is Yahusha, Master Yahusha, and the Ruach that's inside of you. Um, but I know that I am in a teaching type role, and I know that some of the things I say, people, um, well, I take very seriously when it comes out of my mouth. So I want everything that I say to be truth, right? And so. Hopefully you know that I pray about all these things, these topics that we talk about. And sometimes I ask for confirmations on some tough things like this, you know, essentially showing you that I believe that the Locust Army is actually, well, a lot of people do equate the Joel 2 Army, um, the, the Joel 1 and 2 Army with the, the Locust Army, but people don't make the connection that that army is actually the children of Israel. Uh, more specifically, I believe the 144,000. Um, uh, you know, it ruffles a lot of feathers and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to lead anybody astray. So I ask for confirmations, you know, if possible, a lot of times that comes in the form of, uh, more verses coming my way and, uh, very rarely, uh, almost hardly ever it's been dreams. Um, and I had a dream a few nights ago. It was very simple. I don't remember anything about it other than, um, if you, you know how, like if you eat, uh, like chicken or steak and you, you know, you get like uh, you get something in your teeth and it's like really annoying. And if you don't have uh, a toothpick or you don't have a flosser if already floss nearby, um, you know, it's kind of gets annoying and you're like, you, you take your tongue and you're like trying to get it out and you just can't leave it alone. Well, I had a dream that um, I had a tooth in my mouth and it was annoying and I had to get rid of it. So I remember myself breaking off. I my tooth broke off in my mouth. It was not my, I knew it wasn't my wisdom teeth because unfortunately my parents fell for the whole wisdom teeth uh, scam and my wisdom teeth have been taken out long ago. But um, yeah, so I got no wisdom teeth, right? So I got, I got no wisdom. Um, any wisdom I have does come from Yahweh. Let me make that make, make, let me make that clear. Anything I have wrong, it comes from me. Um, anyways, so I knew it wasn't my wisdom teeth, but it was my back molars that I do have it was my back teeth, right? It was my one of my back teeth, and I remember like like crunching it, I mean breaking it into pieces and spitting it out. It was kind of like relieved, right? Uh, it wasn't a bad thing. Like somebody didn't come break my teeth, um, but I, I felt like I had to get it out, so I broke it and I spit it out into pieces and get out of it. So immediately when I woke up, I was kind of like frightened because you know you look at uh, the scripture and it says that Yahuwah breaks the teeth of the wicked. So I'm like, oh my, oh man, you know. Uh, what do I need to repent of? Like, you know, maybe I'm on the wrong path, maybe I'm on the wrong track. Uh, but the more I prayed about it, I prayed for discernment. Um, I called Justin because uh, Justin has a, you know, we all have different gifts. I don't really have a very big, good gift for discerning dreams. It's just not something that I've been given. It's also one of the reasons I just, I'm very um, kind of aloof with dreams. You know, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Um, I know that Yahweh does use them, but I just know that you know, I had, you know, going on YouTube and like, I had a dream, you know, is very, you know, overused. Um, 
and we've been desensitized. I've been desensitized, I guess, from that. Um, anyways, so prayed and prayed, told it to Justin, and um, he confirmed what I believe Yahuwah showed me about what this dream was saying. And it basically expounds on the on the teeth of lions that we were talking about earlier, and I'll explain why. So when I was uh, praying to Yahuwah about the this dream, what it meant, because at first, again, I was really, like, shuddered. I'm like, this is, you know... While again, while the tooth thing wasn't bad because I was like, mm, I need to get rid of this. Um, I really wanted to know what it meant, so I searched the scriptures, and here's what I found. And you be the judge whether this dream was from Yahuwah or not. Job four three through eleven. Behold, <clears throat> oh, let me get a sip of water. Job four three through eleven. Behold, thou hast instructed many. You have instructed many, and you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upholden him that was falling, and you have strengthened the feeble knees. But now it is come upon you, and you faintest. It toucheth you, and you are troubled. Is not this your fear, your confidence, your hope, and the uprightness of your ways? Remember, I pray you, who ever perished being innocent, or, who were, or where were the righteous ever cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blast of Elohim they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils they are consumed. Right? So we're talking about the breath, the wind. I'm like, whoa. Now listen. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I I truly do want to be... I truly do want to be part of Yahweh's army. I don't have bloodlust. You know, that's not how I am. I'm not like... But... I don't know. I just want to be part of this army. I really do. And so I prayed about it the other night and asked him, you know, I asked him if I could be part of this army. And this is the dream I got, right? With the tooth. Or not I, but we, like like the remnant. I was like praying like, you know, could we really be this remnant? Could we really be the 144,000? Could we really be, could some of us really be uh, worthy to, to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man? Um, and here's what I got. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perisheth for lack of prey and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. So what did I just read right here? The, we, if you were, hopefully you've watched this whole video. Um, but if you look at this, um, the young lion, right? The young lion's teeth are broken and the what lion's whelps, right? The lion's whelps are the young lion's are scattered abroad. Are not the children of Israel scattered abroad? Did we not see here in Micah 5, 8, and the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people? As a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver? So, you know, did Yahuwah answer me that we, this generation, could be those young lions? The teeth of the young lions are broken. Is that part of my dream? Maybe. Maybe not. Numbers 24, 8-9. Elohim brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, he hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. Brothers and sisters, we're coming out of Egypt again. He couched, he laid down as a lion, as a great lion. Who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and curses he that curseth thee. 
Isaiah 21, 1 through 10, the burden of the desert of the sea as whirlwinds, right? We're talking about the clouds from the south, the wind from the south, the whirlwinds of the south. As the whirlwinds of the south pass through, so it cometh from the desert, from a terrible land. A grievous vision is declared unto me. The treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media, all the sighing thereof have I made to seize. Therefore are my loins filled with pangs. Pangs have taken hold upon me as the pangs of a woman that travaileth. There it is again. I was bowed down at the hearing of it. I was dismayed at the seeing of it. My heart panted. Fearfulness affrighted me. The night of my pleasure hath he turned into fear unto me. Prepare the table. Watch in the watchtower. Eat. Drink. Arise, ye princes, and anoint the shield. We saw this earlier in Psalm 18 with the, anointing, the giving of the anointing of the shield. For thus hath Yahweh said unto me, Go, set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen. This is, this is Revelation 6, the opening of the seals. This is uh, Zechariah 6 with the, uh, the chariots, the horsemen. He saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses and a chariot of camels, and he hearkened it diligently with much, with much heed. And he cried, A lion, my lord. I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I am set in my ward whole nights. Behold, here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen, and he answereth and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, all the graven images of her gods he hath broken unto the ground. O my threshing, right? Who's the, who's the thresher? O oh, my threshing, and the corn of my floor, that which you have heard of Yahweh Sevaoth, the Elohim of Israel, have I declared unto you. Who is the threshing that threshes Babylon? Micah 4, 10 through 11. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion. How many times are we going to see this, right? Like a, as a woman in travail. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field. And there shalt thou go, even to Babylon. There shalt thou be delivered. And there Yahweh shall redeem you from the hand of your enemies. Now also many na nations are gathered against thee that say, Let her be defiled, and, look, and let her eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of Yahuwah, neither understand his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion. So it is the daughter of Zion, it is the children of Israel, the remnant. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hoofs brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto Yahuwah, and their substance unto Yahuwah of the whole earth. I hope this is really starting to make sense now. Jeremiah four ten through 16 Then said I, Ah, Yahuwah Eloheinu, surely thou hast greatly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall have peace, whereas the sword reacheth unto the soul. At that time shall it be said unto his people and to Jerusalem, A dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse, even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. So here is that wind we saw in Revelation 7 that were held back until, behold, he shall come up as clouds. Remember Isaiah 60, verse 8, who are these that fly as a cloud? Remember Yahusha coming with the clouds? Behold, he shall come up as clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? 
For a voice declareth from Dan, and publish affliction from Mount Ephraim. Make ye mention to the nations, behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers, not Sarim, come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. You can't make this stuff up. Watchers, Natsar, Natsarim. If you haven't seen the Natsarim documentary, brothers and sisters, you have to. I'll show it to you really quickly. Right here, the Natsarim, the elect of the end times. Christian truthers, check it out. Jeremiah 51, 1 through 2. Thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind and will send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her and shall empty her land for in the day of trouble they shall be against her round about. Who are these fanners? Who is this destroying wind? Isaiah 41, 8 through 16. But you, Israel, you're my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, to whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, the four corners of the earth, and have called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto you, You are my servant. I have chosen you, have cast, and I have not cast you away. Fear you not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your Elohim. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They that strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and shall not find them, even them that contend with you. They that war against you shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, Yahweh, your Elohim, will hold your right hand, saying unto you, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, saith Yahuwah, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Yashrael. Listen, behold, I will make you a new, sharp, threshing instrument, having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shall make the hills as chaff. You shall fan them. Right? So who's going to fan Babylon, right? Again, Thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind. Remember, hold back the winds until we have sealed our servants, right? Why? Because I'm going to send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her and shall empty her. You, Israel, Jacob, you shall fan them and the wind shall carry the way Carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and thou shalt rejoice in Yahuwah, and shall glory in the Holy One of Yisrael. I really hope this is making sense. I think this is the end of it. Jeremiah 51. Yeah, this is the, it's the end of this, and we're going to read one more passage, and we're done for today, for tonight. Jeremiah 51. 3 through 14 against him that bendeth let the the archer bend his bow and against him that lifteth himself up and his brigadine and spare ye not her young man destroy ye utterly all her hosts remember ezekiel 9 remember it says spare not young or old or uh, destroy them all thus the slain shall fall in the land of the chaldeans and they that are thrust thrust through in her streets for yashrael hath not been forsaken nor judah of his elohim of yahweh sebaoth Though all their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel, and it is right now, 
Flee out of the midst of Babylon, and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off with her iniquity, for this is the time of Yahuwah's vengeance. Remember Isaiah 61, the day of vengeance. He will render under her a recompense. Babylon hath been a golden cup in Yahuwah's hand, that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain, if so she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her, and let us go every one into his own country. For her judgment reacheth unto heaven, and is lifted up even to the skies. Yahuwah hath brought forth our righteousness. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of our Elohim. Make bright the arrows, gather the shields. Yahuwah has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes for his devices against Babylon. Now this is what's interesting about Jeremiah 49, 50, and 51, and 52. It's scattered in there is the destruction of ancient Babylon, the physical one, and mystery Babylon. So this is, right now, this is physical Babylon. Make bright the arrows, gather the shields. Yahuwah has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes because it was the Medes and the Persians that took over uh, from ancient Babylon for his devices against Babylon to destroy it because it is the vengeance of Yahuwah, the vengeance of his temple. Now, listen, set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Remember the standard, the ensign, the banner? Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For Yahuwah hath both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, thine end is come, and the measure of thy covetousness. Yahuwah Sevaot hath sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with, with men as with caterpillars, caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Remember the Joel army? They are like locust caterpillars. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a destroying wind, if you will. Part of the reasons why they're like locusts, they're like wind. They're flying. Jeremiah fifty-one nineteen through twenty-five. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Yashrael is the rod of his inheritance. Yahweh Sevaoth is his name. Remember, uh, shall rule with a rod of of uh of iron okay so he's talking to to jacob to israel and he says you are my battle axe and my weapons of war for with you will i break in pieces the nations and with you will i destroy kingdoms and with you will i break in pieces the horse and his rider and with you will i break in pieces the chariot and his rider another reference to exodus 15 the song of moshe with you will i break in pieces the man and with woman and with you will i break in pieces old and young another reference to ezekiel 9 where he says slay utterly old and young all of them and with you will i break in pieces the young man and the maid i will also break in pieces with you the shepherd and his flock and with you Will I break in pieces the husbandman and his ox and his yoke of oxen? With you I will break in pieces captains and rulers, and I will render unto Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea all their evil that they have done in Zion. In your sight, saith Yahuwah. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, saith Yahuwah, which destroyeth all the earth. And I will stretch out mine hand upon the earth, and roll thee down from the rocks, and will make thee a burnt mountain. And there it is. Hallelujah. Praise Yah. Last one. So, a culmination. You know, why do these locusts have crowns on their head? Again, show me where Satan and demons have crowns on their heads. 
please. Oops. What am I doing? Okay. Here's your vision of your 144,000, and here's a vision of your army, and here's the qualifications in, you know, Yah chooses. I don't know who you are, who I am, as far as whether we are worthy to be found worthy. All I know is that I want to do what this says because I want to be a part of this. I don't know about you. You may not want to be a part of it, and I can respect that. But I know there's a few of us that want to be a part of this. And so I want to listen to this. To Esdras, chapter 2, verse 33 through 47. If you're new, uh, to Esdras was also known, is also known as 4th Ezra. It was included in the 1611 KJV, the 1599 Geneva, the 1560 Geneva. Um, it was quoted by Messiah and is one of the most important books. Uh, also about the validity and the truthfulness of um, Messiah and the fulfillment of Yahusha when he came, as many people know, as Jesus. Although I make a clear distinction between the Jesus of, that's preached throughout the earth uh, in, in most churches, you know, the Jesus that did away with the law versus Yahusha, the true son of Messiah, or the true son of Yahuwah, our Messiah. Anyways, I, Ezra, received a charge of Yahuwah upon Mount Orev, that's Mount Sinai, that I should go unto Yashrael. But when I came unto them, they set me at naught and despised the commandment of Yahuwah. And therefore I say unto you, O ye heathen, or O you nations, that hear and understand, look for your shepherd, for he shall give you everlasting rest, for he is nigh at hand, that shall come in the end of the world. Be ready to the reward of the kingdom, for the everlasting light shall shine upon you forevermore. Flee the shadow of this world. Come out of Babylon, right? Flee the shadow of this world. Receive the joyfulness of your glory. I testify my Savior openly. O oh, receive the gift that is given you, and be glad, giving thanks unto him that has led you to the heavenly kingdom. Arise and stand. Behold, the number of those that be sealed in the feast of Yahuwah, which are departed from the shadow of this world and have received glorious garments of Yahuwah. Take your number, O Sion, and shut up those of yours that are clothed in white, which have fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah. The number of the children whom you longed for is fulfilled. Beseech the power of Yahuwah that your people, which have been called from the beginning, may be hallowed. I, Ezra, saw upon Mount Zion, right, New Jerusalem, a great people whom I could not number, and they all praised Yahuwah with songs. And in the midst of them there was a young man of high stature, taller than any of the rest, and upon, upon every one of their heads he set crowns. There's your crowns. And he was more exalted, which I marveled at greatly. So I asked the angel and said, Sir, what are these? And he answered and said unto me, These be they which have put off the mortal clothing and have put on the immortal, and they have confessed the name of Elohim. Now are they crowned and receive palms. Then I said unto the angel, What young person is it that crowns them and gives them palms in their hands? So he answered and said unto me, It is the son of Elohim, whom they have confessed in the world. Then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. Then said the angel, Then the angel said unto me, Go your way and tell my people what manner of things and how great wonders of Yahuwah Elohika you have seen. So brothers and sisters, it's time to confess Messiah in the world. It's time to uh, fulfill the Torah. 
it is time to stand stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. Praise be to Yahuwah. So brothers and sisters, I pray that uh, that you take these matters seriously, that I pray that you don't just believe me, that you test it by the word for yourself. And quite frankly, I pray to be found worthy to be part of this. I don't know how you feel, but I pray to be found worthy. Uh, please feel free to join me. Uh, we're going to have a 10-minute break uh, after this is over, and then the uh, light, uh, the um, uh, Torah portion will start, which we're starting the uh, Book of Numbers, and uh, you will be pleasantly surprised to know that uh, <laughs> there's so many connections to um, the numbering, the 144,000, the army, and it's just, it's interesting that it, it fell on this day when we're talking about this. So, praise be to Yahuwah. Praise be to Yahuwah. So, uh, you know, I had a, a note here to read Joel 1.6 in the Septuagint. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, Joel 1.6 in the Septuagint. For a strong and innumerable nation has come up against my land. Right, and and we just saw, uh, let's see, yeah, we just saw, um, where is it? No, where is it? Yeah, I as we saw upon Mount Zion, a great people whom I could not number. Right, for a no, strong and innumerable nation is come upon against my land, and their teeth are lion's teeth and their back teeth those of a lion's whelp. I thought that was interesting. So, brother, test, uh, brothers and sisters, test my words. Please test what uh, I've put forth before you. And um, regardless, I pray it be a blessing for you and at least give you something to study and to, um, yeah. But I pray to be found, if it's the truth, I pray to be found worthy and I pray to uh, that you uh, be found worthy as well and that uh, we see each other at time so you know we mentioned the um, the song of Moshe and uh, oops, we mentioned the song of Moshe a couple times and um, you know we're gonna play that in a little bit but before we do uh, I want to um, let's pray to Yahuwah and uh, we'll do the the blessing and uh, we'll listen uh, to the song of Moshe and we'll sing it together because there's so much prophecy in that so let's bow our hearts Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name, and we thank you so much for, again, for this ability to, to, to study together. We pray that you continue to open our eyes and ears to your word, that we may understand, that we may hearken to your word, and that we, we may walk the path, the straight and narrow path, and neither deviate to the left or to the right, uh, because we know that that path is narrow and few there be that find it, Abba. We want to be found worthy. We pray to be part of your end times remnant, and we pray that we are found worthy uh, to be kind of worthy of uh, escaping all these things coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Abba, we love you, we bless you, and please uh, continue to uh, strengthen us in the Ruach, uh, that we may be guarded uh, against the, the world and its devices as this world continues to uh, march into its own madness. Blessed be you, Yahuwah Sevaot, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and we send a multitude of hallelujahs to you. In Yahusha's name, Amen and Amen. So, Yevarechecha Yahweh Veresh Merecha, Yer Yahweh Panav Elecha Vechnuneka, Yese Yahweh Panav Elecha Veshem Lecha Shalom.
Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Yahuwah make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Brothers and sisters, Shabbat Shalom to you. I pray that your Shabbat is blessed. Love you very much, and hopefully we'll see you in the Torah portion uh, shortly. I sing to Yahuwah, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and He has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise Him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword My hand destroys them you blew with your wind, the sea covered them They sank like lead in the mighty waters Who is like you, oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones? Who is like you, great in Kodesha, awesome in praises Working wonders You stretched out your right hand The earth swallowed them In your kindness You led the people Whom you have redeemed In your strength You guided them To your Kodesh dwelling Peoples heard They trembled Anguish gripped the 
inhabitants of Telesheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them all the inhabitants of Canaan. Melted, fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a Until your people pass over, oh Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, oh Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling The meek dash, O Yahuwah Which your hands have prepared Yahuwah reigns forever And ever